0: Coming up on this episode, dancer and now children's book author, Mark K. Mura joins us to
1: talk about I Am A Rainbow. Welcome to episode 428 of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for avid readers and passionate fans of queer romance fiction. I'm Will, and with me as always is my co-host and husband, Jeff. Hello, rainbow
0: romance reader. It's great to have you with us for this final episode of Pride Month. As always, the podcast is brought to you in part by our remarkable community on Patreon. If you'd like more information about what we offer to patrons, including a monthly bonus episode that you'll find nowhere else, and the opportunity to ask questions to our guests, just like Rebecca does in this very episode,
1: go to patreon.com slash So as we wrap up this pride month, I've been getting out more and enjoying some of the weather not a complete shut-in. <laughs> I've been going on walks and listening to some nonfiction recently. Some of which has just blown me away. One of which is Zachary Zane's Boy Slut, a memoir and manifesto. And boy, if ever there was a book that does what it says on the tin is this one. <laughs> it is both an unflinchingly honest memoir, and it's also a modern manifesto on bisexuality specifically and overall queerness in general. It is wild and crazy. It is funny, a truly sex positive look at all of the sexual hangups and kinks we all share. It is a very wild ride as well as an educational one, but saying something is educational isn't exactly like a really great selling point. So I'm just going to tell you, this is a crazy, outrageous, sexy book. And as I mentioned, I listened to it while I was on my morning walks and the audiobook is read by the author. So his unique voice as a writer really comes through loud and clear. So I think if you're looking for something a little bit different, you should really check out Zachary Zane's boicelet.
0: You had me at memoir and manifesto.
1: It's so good.
0: Now I'm going to put that into my audiobook <laughs> queue because I didn't, folks, sometimes you hear things on the show just as I'm hearing them too. And I didn't know he'd read this book. And so I'm already sold on needing to put this into my own audio queue this summer because that sounded kind of awesome. And, you know, we're going to kind of keep in the memoir area a little bit here, even as we talk about a children's book. Plus, you know, last week had some musical theater geek out moments with Dominic Lim. Well, it's about to happen again here with Mark Mira. I am so excited I got to talk to Mark. I have to say that the interview day I had with Mark was kind of a benchmark moment for the podcast because I talked to Mark the same day I talked to Alice Osmond. And putting those two together in the same day, I think Will could attest to the fact that I was kind of bouncing off the walls a little bit that day. (laughs) But I'm so happy that Mark came to talk about his debut children's book, I Am a Rainbow. I've been a huge fan of Mark's since I saw him and Chelsea Hightower perform Bleeding Love on season four of So You Think You Can Dance. And I'll have a link for you in the show notes so you can experience that if you've never seen that before. I have followed his career ever since and I Am a Rainbow is so amazing in how it approaches telling children that it's okay to be who they are and to let their inner light shine through. And as you'll hear in the interview, it is a sort of a memoir for Mark, as it very much leans into his life growing up. And of course, he's going to give us some recommendations of some things that he's been enjoying, and if we hear what Pride Month means to him. Mark, welcome to the podcast. It is amazing to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to to join you. You've got this amazing book that's just coming out called I am a rainbow.
2: Yes. I'm so excited. I'm so and excited. I was so
0: psyched when I first heard about this. Cause I think I saw it first, like get listed on things like a, almost a year ago. Okay. And having followed your career for so long and loving your Instagram videos, changing the wigs and dancing around to see that kind of manifest into a book. It's like, that is going to be so awesome. Tell folks in your words what this book's about.
2: So this book is about my childhood. I mean, it, it, that's what it's, it's it's loosely based upon my childhood experience growing up as a vibrant, creative, expressive kid and just his journey of trying to find his way through life and what he's gone through as far as bullying, finding acceptance, finding his his friend group his chosen family learning how to feel comfortable in himself and in, in his in his creative power those are some of like the themes that it that it deals with and what it's about and it's interesting because i i feel like it is based on my childhood but it's also there's there's things through my adulthood that are also like tied in there and and that's been really fun to sort of incorporate just because I feel like the last like three years, I would say have been like a very, very specific journey of getting back in touch with my inner child. I mean, a lot of the things that you see that I do on Instagram are are things that I've been doing since I was a child. I mean, I, my dad's not active on social media, but some of my friends back home will like show him some of the videos that I do. And he's just like, he just laughs because he's like, this is Like you've been doing this since you were a kid. So like for me, it's like it's not it's not anything shocking. You've been putting on these productions, you've been putting on these costumes, you've been dancing, singing, acting, doing all these things. So it just it just made sense. Like it it made sense with like revisiting my my childhood and getting back in touch with that inner child to sort of create this this children's book.
0: I love that your dad sees some of your videos. Because one of the first images in this book. Is you in the living room performing Phantom of the Opera? Yes, (laughs) so appropriate since Phantom just closed.
2: I know, I know. Recently,
0: that that is the first image in the book. Yeah, you're in the mask, and you're like sort of in the boat, and your dad's raising curtains and the chandelier, which I love. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Did you
2: perform Phantom in your house? Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So Phantom, I, the reason I wanted to put Phantom in the book or sort of have like some, some sort of nod to it is because Phantom really did sort of change my life. I mean, not to sound dramatic, but it really did. I mean, that was like the first, I think that was like the first touring production of a of a Broadway musical that my parents took me to go see. And I just remember sitting in my seat, experiencing the show, and I was just completely blown away like I was just like oh my gosh like what is this what is happening right now and Phantom is such a large grand scale musical production that I think for any child's first musical it's it's gonna make an impact in some way I mean for me like I think a lot of people would assume that like it was this the singing or the dancing or the acting which it definitely was But I was also just so invested and intrigued by the overall production. I mean, the costumes, the lighting, the set, like I, everything just like blew my mind. I think when the show ended, I just, I just sort of sat there. I was just speechless because there was so much to sort of take in. But it was from that moment that I knew that I needed to be a part of this world somehow. I didn't know what it was. I just knew that. There was something that lit up inside of me that I was like, whoa, I I need to I need to be a part of this world And that's when uh, I expressed interest in in theater to my parents and they started putting me in some local theater classes. But yeah, I mean that specific scene is something that happened in the living room. Like I remember cutting this this chandelier out of cardboard and I we had like fishing line. And our house was like really cool. There was like this beam where you could sort of like string things through and use it as like a curtain or to lift up props. So I yeah I created this cardboard chandelier attached to fishing line and I had my dad pull it. We performed Phantom. We had a we had a, a production of cats as well. Any sort of like money that I would get from like birthdays or whatever, I would save up to go and buy. Broadway soundtracks or lighting equipment. Like I remember going to Radio Shack and buying strobe lighting. And I was like, Ooh, this is so exciting. I get to invest in my own productions.
0: <laughs> my mind is utterly blown. Cause I was, I was just guessing, like seeing it in the book. I'm like, what a nice way to like, kind of embellish what had happened. And the fact that you made a chandelier that your dad actually raised. Oh I love yeah. That. I absolutely. absolutely love that.
2: Yeah. And I felt very lucky too, just because my dad was always very supportive of what I did. I mean, he was, he worked the graveyard shift overnight. And so he was always home with us during the day. So any help that we would need as far as like hanging anything or, or just bringing the production to life, he was just always around to, to help out in any way that he could, which as I got older, I understood that that was not an experience that everyone has. So I did feel... And I do feel very lucky and grateful to have had parents that have been very uh, supportive of my creative endeavors.
0: <laughs>
2: awesome! Who did
0: you bring into your fold to like be all these other characters? <laughs> you were doing them, or did you try to play them all?
2: Who's my poor productive? younger sister. My poor younger sister was the victim of all of my shows. I mean, she just she was also very supportive and just went along with all of these things. I mean, it was like, hey, Marissa, you want to do this show with me and Me asking her wasn't really asking her. It was more like, you're going to be a part of these things. So she was always like my, she was always on my side in, in all of my shows or if I wanted to experiment with makeup or, I mean, we would even put like our own version of like ice capades on with our rollerblades and have an outdoor show in our little like patio. And yeah, we were always doing things like that, putting on our own like little news shows or I know. We, we kept ourselves entertained, for sure. love that. I wish I'd lived in your neighborhood <laughs> watch all this go down. Yeah.
0: How did this book come to be? Like, did you decide you wanted to write a children's book or were you approached to write a book or somewhere kind of there in between?
2: Writing a children's book was never sort of like on my radar. I was a very, from a young age, I was very, like, focused and very driven as uh, I I knew that I wanted to be a part of the entertainment world, a part of theater. So I yeah, I mean, I as a kid, I, I had very specific and vivid dreams of like dancing and, and touring with artists. And with like, what I've been doing in like the past three years, when I stopped sort of like touring and dancing as much, I was just exploring my creativity. And sort of bringing together all of these things that I love, which was dance and music and fashion and drag and theater and the overall production of things. And I just sort of brought those things together naturally and just it was bringing a lot of joy to my life. And I love that it was bringing a lot of joy to a lot to other people's lives so it was, it was this win-win situation. And the more that I was doing it, I just, I realized that it was really like tapping into this part of myself that I feel like I hadn't, I hadn't been in touch with in a long time. And I realized that that was really my, my inner child. It really reminded me of a lot of the things that I was doing as a kid. And that's when I kind of had the idea or this thought of like, wow, it would be really cool to write a children's book. And Right before the pandemic, it was like in February, I met with my managers who I had just joined up with and they, after the meeting, they were like, Hey, so we would love if you could send us a few of your, your goals or things that you would like to do. And there were only like two or three things that I I was very specific about. And one of them was a children's book. And then, you know, the pandemic started and it was just like, Oh, what's happening. What's happening. I started doing these Instagram live dance parties over the pandemic, which It was amazing, brought a lot of people together. It was a really great way for all of us to sort of stay connected and sane with everything that was going on. And someone who was watching or participated in the lives had a sister who worked at Little Brown, the publishing company. And I think she approached her sister and was like, hey, I really think you need to do a book with this guy. So I remember getting this email, I think it was in, I think it was in May, actually of 2020. And I opened this email, or I saw the the subject line, and it just said children's book. And I just immediately just started getting teary because I was like, whoa, this is wild. This is so, so, so crazy that this is happening. So they basically wrote this long email about how they've been following my, my journey and how they would love to have a meeting with me about writing a children's book. And I was just like, absolutely, let's, like, I would love to do this. It's been sort of like circling around in my brain so we hopped on this call and it just was, it just made sense. And they were very open to hearing about the ideas that I had and things that I wanted to, to write about and explore with a children's book. So that's sort of how it all came to, came to be. Yeah. I love that. You, it sounds like you almost
0: wished it into existence with the goal list
2: you gave to your agents. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was one it out of there. One, oh, totally. Yeah. It was definitely one of life's surprises. Cause it, again, it wasn't anything that I had sort of set out to do or even imagine myself doing until recently. So I was, yeah, it's, it's, it's been very, very cool. What was it like putting the writer hat
0: on to start
2: to craft the story and all that? Very different. Very, very, very different just because yeah, with my background, like I'm the way that I express myself is through my body. I mean, I, that's how I, that's how I communicate. That's how I speak. So to get into this new world. I was, I was very nervous, but I worked with Mary Kate who works at little Brown. And we also worked with Steve who helped me to sort of, to sort of like, yeah, just put the story together because I had like the idea I had, like, I, they, they even asked me, they were like, do you want to give it a shot with like writing? And I was like, Oh, absolutely. So I like went for it and started writing and yeah, it was, but it was also really helpful to have people that are in this world and that do this, because again, this is like, I'm very aware that this isn't my area of expertise. So to have people that could help me bring my, my thoughts and my expression to life was very helpful. And I've talked with some other
0: children's book authors, what you have to do to really hone the story down. Cause you have a few number of words and a few number of pages Mm-hmm. To get it all through there. What was that like kind of honing down from what the, the grander concept could have been into really focusing the story?
2: Well, that's one thing that really stood out to me was when we began the process, they were like, Hey, we want to send you some children's books just so that you can kind of uh, do some research and see what's out there. And I, I hadn't picked up a children's book in a really long time. So they sent me a bunch of books, And one thing that really stood out to me with like the books that made like some of the greatest, the greatest impressions were the simplicity. Like I really, really admired and appreciated how this very effective storyline and message was, there was something so, there was something so simple about it, but so effective that just, I sort of blew my mind. I was like, wow, it is so incredible to me how... Again, there's just this simplicity that really makes an impact.
0: Does it connect to your sense also of like being dancer, choreographer, how I think about the, so you think you could dance numbers that were 90 seconds. And Mm -hmm. so often you were telling a story, a complete story in those 90 seconds, or even if you're in a music video, you still got the arc in about three and a half. Is it kind of the same, like getting down to those basics? Is there a, a kind of an analogy there?
2: I would say so like there is definitely like there's a there's a rhythm, there's a a flow that that needed to be found and needed to be sort of like massaged and worked through just because as we were working on it. Yeah, I feel like there were certain points or certain things that would stick out that were like, oh, that's like not that's not feeling that's it's something is like not flowing about that or there's not enough of a of a high or a low with that. And there were certain things or certain moments that I wanted to have a bit more, a bit more weight to them. So yeah, I, I, I'm very aware of like sort of the, the movement, the flow, the pacing. So I do feel like those things are very much related. Yeah. What was it like to see yourself drawn both as young Mark and more as your current self? Wild. I, I, Cried. I mean, like it was, it was, it was, it was wild. I mean, especially not only was it me, but with my family that's mentioned in the book, like I really wanted them to be represented as well, just because I I love the the family that I come from. I mean, my dad is Japanese, my mom is Samoan and Portuguese and Ukrainian and Irish. So it's it's very mixed. And I just I love the idea of that being represented in a book just because for me, like I I've realized how that sort of visibility is is important like i i I guess i i relate it to watching like janet or madonna watching their music videos and seeing uh, a diverse group of background dancers with with them and for me like that's that made a big impression just because it was something that i saw as a kid and i was like oh wow there are people that that look like me so i feel like that's something that i could possibly do. And and sure enough, like I would have dreams about dancing behind Madonna or Janet. And that was something that later on in life, I I started doing was dancing with artists. So for me, like that visibility was really important. And I feel like especially coming from Hawaii, there's so many different, there's just so many different cultures and so many different people there that I wanted that to be represented in the book. So Mm -hmm.
0: I thought you had great diverse representation too in the friend group that mark forms
2: that was important for me yeah just because i i was like my friend group was like the theater geeks my dance friends and within that group alone i mean there were so many different types of people that i wanted that to feel like true and i wanted that to feel accurate and again like i just for me like the visibility is important like i i want to make sure that when kids or teens or adults see and read this book that they, that there, there might be a character that they see that they relate to, or that they can see a little bit of themselves in. So yeah, that was, that was something that was very important for me.
0: How was the collaboration with the illustrator, Richard Merritt, as you kind of
2: put all this together? It was, it was really cool. I, it was something again, I think because it was so closely tied to my life it was it was just so interesting because it was this process of sort of sending pictures of of me as a kid of me as an adult of of my family of i mean they even wanted reference photos of like the house that i grew up in i would send them pictures of certain foods or certain snacks that i wanted mentioned in in the book as well and i just anytime that we would get like we would get another batch of illustrations from Richard I just I I really had to sort of like prepare myself mentally and emotionally and make sure that I was in the right space just because I would usually end up getting very emotional it was it was really it was just really beautiful to see I mean I there was sort of I maybe there was a little bit of like expectation or, or thought of like what it would look like but I just feel like Richard really just elevated it and there there's so much the thing that really stood out to me about his work was just the color the vibrancy but also like the warmth like there was there was something warm about it that was really beautiful and important for me just because i wanted the book to feel like like a hug i wanted it to feel accessible to a lot of people i wanted it to have that feeling of 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 groundedness of warmth and i just there's i feel like it it really captures that but there's also really fun details here and there like i I feel like I would sort of like look through it and like see everything, but then I would go back and I'm like, Oh my gosh, what's that? Or, Oh, that's cool. Like that. And there's just so many like little things that I, that I also love about the book. Cause I feel like it's something that you can kind of go back and like pick up on all these little, little details, which is, is so fun. Do you have a favorite
0: illustration?
2: Yeah, I, I think that I, so when we were looking for illustrators, they had asked me like if there was a certain like sort of sentence or passage that they, that we wanted to submit for illustrations. And it, for me, it was the moment where these beautiful bright colors are coming out of Marky, And for me, that was, that was like the peak for me of, of the book. So I wanted to see how illustrators would interpret that moment. So for me, that, that illustration really, really sticks out for me. Yeah. Nice. And that's a gorgeous one too. Thank you. I mean, yeah, Richard did an incredible job. I mean, I, yeah, when I saw that I was like, Whoa, like just the, yeah, for me, that, that part was, it was really important. I was really, really specific about because I'm a very visual person. I I, I knew what I wanted it to look like. Like I knew that Marky was going to be there. I knew that there were going to be like these ribbons and streams of color and confetti and glitter that were just sort of swirling around him and his friends and his family. And so I, I was very descriptive in, in that, in the, in the visual aspect, just because again, that's, that's how I work. That's where my, my, my background is, is in sort of this full production in this full, the full picture and what, mm-hmm. how that can come. Yeah.
0: And I thought it, it echoed your Instagram stuff as well. Like that moment of all the color and all the life and just everything was just fabulous.
2: Thank you. Yeah. I. Yeah and that's that's the cool. I like it's again it's based on my childhood but there's a lot of there's a lot of nods to things that have happened in my adulthood with this journey of getting back in touch with my with my inner child. Like the rainbow cape thing for example is something that was a part of my adult journey and that was something that was a, a really big part of my this again this exploration this adventure of getting back in touch with my inner child and I just felt like whenever I put this cape on, it sort of felt like I was like this, this like superhero. And I kind of felt that way with this cape. I kind of felt that way with like wigs. There was something very powerful about putting on this sort of like this costume, this drag. It was, yeah, it just, it kind of, there was, it brought some like confidence. It brought this like this like inner power. And I wanted that to be a part of Little Marky's journey as well.
0: I also really like the, it's, it's essentially the closing spread of the book where you've got little Marky and then a little bit more grown up and then you're an adult and then there is you as you are today. And it's like yeah. just that journey. I think that's so powerful for the young kids who are going to see this to see you started here and you ended up here and it just all on those two pages, just the journey.
2: Yeah. And a a journey it's been. Yeah. I I do feel like when I saw that page, I felt very emotional about that, that page just to see. Yeah. Again, this, this progression into where we are now just because yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a journey. Like there's definitely been some ups, but there have been a lot of downs that just like seeing that page makes me feel proud of, of myself and of the things that I've had to sort of like overcome and work through. And the fact that I'm here and standing and can share this story is, yeah, I, I, I don't take lightly. Like it's, it's a, it's a big deal. So
0: I think it's a really important story for now. I mean, you started this journey basically three years ago Mm -hmm. and I think the, these books are all the more important now with just the ongoing attacks on queer youth and trans youth and drag artists and all of this. Mm -hmm. And this sends such a positive, uplifting message, kind of, it's a piece of defiance in itself, in some areas of the country these days. What message do you hope that queer
2: youth take from this book? I was really intentional with the way that I wanted people that were reading this book to feel. I wanted them to feel seen, I wanted them to feel safe, I wanted them to feel accepted, I wanted them to have a sense of 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 belonging because even though this book is about my childhood and about my creativity and my queerness, I also just think it's a book about anyone that feels different or that feels like they don't belong or that feels like they don't fit in and that's 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 important for me just because I I I think because of my own personal journey of like my childhood and my teenage years and how difficult those, those years were, I have that understanding of how challenging that can be and how just, yeah, how dark that can feel and how isolating that can feel. So as an adult now, it's really important for me to make people feel those things, to feel seen, to feel loved, to feel accepted, to feel like they have a sense of belonging because I, yeah, I. I I do have a lot of experience working with kids, like as a, as a dance teacher. And that's something that even in those settings, like I want to make sure that, that kids feel that way as well, just because again, like I have that, I, I have that understanding of what it feels like to, to not have those things and to not feel those things. So yeah, that's something that I really hope that people take with them when they read and experience this book.
0: I love that. It kind of gave me a little bit of a of goosebumps as you were oh. talking about that. Because it is it's so difficult to see what goes on today in 2023.
2: It is. Yeah. I feel like we've progressed a lot, but I've also feel like there's just it's yeah, yeah it just feels really intense. And I just yeah, I just I hope that this book is a reminder that yeah, that's That people belong in this world and that they can be themselves and that there's a place for them and that their own unique light and color that they bring to this world is very much needed, especially in these times. And yeah, that it's just, it's, it's important to, to bring that, that element of yourself to, to the world. Any
0: particular message for parents who might have a little marquee in their home right now?
2: I would encourage parents that may have a little marquee to to be open, to be as supportive and as accepting as they possibly can be, just because I know that for myself as a child, like I didn't share a lot of my feelings and what I was going through. So I would also just keep in mind that you don't know, you don't necessarily know what your child may be going through or experiencing or the hardships that they may be going through at school, or even just personally with feeling comfortable in themselves. And it really does make such a big difference when you have parents that can be loving and supportive and accepting just because I, for me, like I had that, like I had that with my parents and with my sisters, but because of like the experiences that I had at school and just in the world that made life really really difficult for me and there were moments in my like teenage years where I just I felt like I didn't want to exist to be quite frank and I to this day I really do have like my sisters to thank just because yeah in my middle school years there were some really dark years where um they were there for me in in ways of of showing their love of showing their support of reminding me of who i was and and it was it was life-saving for me so i just um i would encourage parents to yeah to stay open to to show and share their love and support and acceptance with their child because i mean it it really does make a huge 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 difference in in the lives of, of children i love that thank you for for sharing
0: that yeah. this interview is going to go out during pride month Ooh, okay. on our show what does pride mean to you in 2023
2: for me pride is pride is is such a is such a beautiful fun Powerful time. Just because I, I I love going out to those spaces. I love going out to celebrations and seeing so many different types of people. I love seeing families. I love seeing the the older generation. It's a it's a reminder for me of how far we've come, and also of the, of the work that still needs to be done. But it, it really is such a reminder of the the strength and the resilience within our LGBTQ plus community. I mean, I just, it really does amaze me the how how far we've come and the things that we've had to get through and the things that we're still trying to overcome and and push through. So yeah, Pride is is as fun as it is, it's also like a, it's a, it's a time of it it reminds me of yeah, the things that we've had to to go through, our resilience as a community. And I also it's it, yeah, it just it makes me appreciative and grateful of the people before that have sort of paved the way to to be where we are now i mean i feel like i feel grateful because i'm able to express myself and do these things on social media and in the real world and i don't feel like that those things would exist if the people before us weren't fighting for these these rights and these freedoms and yeah we love getting recommendations on this show
0: things to read things to watch Okay. What have you been checking out lately that our listeners should maybe also be checking out?
2: Hmm. music wise, because music is a really big part of my life. I've been listening to Jessie Ware's album a lot. I love, I love, I, I love disco. She has a lot of influence of disco. That that album has been bringing a lot of joy and a lot of movement to my life. I would also recommend my friend Nina West wrote a wonderful book called the you kind of you. And I just actually saw her last night in hairspray. So if you're in LA or uh, they're, they're touring right now, so they will be in LA for a few weeks, but if you get a chance to go and even like take your kids to go see hairspray, it is such a wonderful show. And Nina does such an incredible job and she's such a light in this world. I love everything she brings to the world through her through her drag, through this children's book that she has, she's such a she's such a light and has such a, a warmth about her. Yeah, that's a, that's another recommendation that's been bringing a lot of joy and light to my life for sure.
0: Airspray is such a good choice. That's just a good show on so many levels.
2: Yeah, it was uh, opening night here in LA last night, and went to go see that, and it was just, it was, yeah, it was, it was really, really fun. And it was, I mean, there were like kids in the audience too, like enjoying the show, and it was just, it was great.
0: As we wrap up, got a question that not only on my mind but also Rebecca who's a member of our Patreon community for the show. Okay. We all want to know what's next for you. Where do we get to find you after the book's out and out there in the world? What's on your radar?
2: I when it comes to like my journey and my life, I am kind of a especially lately I feel like I've I've gone through like seasons or periods where I've been very very focused on one thing like for example I feel like my dance career I was very focused and very driven on a very specific thing dancing and touring with artists and doing music videos and I've sort of come to learn that life can be really interesting and full of surprises that I I sort of have like a general idea of like where I want to go or the things that I want to sort of bring to the world but I, I try and leave space for life surprises just because I feel like this book, for example, is definitely one of life surprises. Like this was so unexpected and again, not something that I like sort of like set out to do. It's, it's been more of a recent sort of dream, but For me, like my focus right now is like with this book, just because we've been working on it for so long that I'm so excited to finally share it with the world, that that's where my focus is. And then from there, I just, I want to continue. I am very driven and passionate about connecting with people and creating spaces that people feel some freedom, freedom to express themselves, freedom to be themselves, freedom to to, to, to feel safe, to feel seen, to feel a sense of belonging. So that's sort of like my, I would say like my mission going through life. And I feel like it branches out in sort of these different opportunities where that's through dance or through social media or through this book, but I'm just kind of, yeah, staying open to whatever life has to offer in this moment. So, yeah. Is
0: it a thought that you might author some more, whether it's a children's book or
2: something else I would love that I, I I love this I I really enjoyed this adventure and I just I I do feel like with everything that's going on I I, I do want to make sure that our youth feel again feel a sense of belonging feel a sense of acceptance so that they can grow up living and thriving and being themselves and yeah and I just I think the the more reminders that are out there for them of these things, I think is, is, is important. And is very, very much needed now. So I, I, w- I would love the idea of, yeah, another, another book or another opportunity to just connect with, with people. Yeah, I would love to see what other
0: children's books can come out of your brain after this. <laughs> week, this was just amazing. Thank you, I appreciate What's that. What's the best way for people to keep up with you online? Obviously, you're active on Instagram.
2: Yeah, I would say I'm like the most active on Instagram, and my handle there is at mkik808. I'm also on like Twitter and TikTok and stuff, but I'm not as active on those platforms. I would say Instagram is like where it's at for sure.
0: Fantastic. We'll link to that and everything else we've chatted about in our show notes. Great. Oh, Mark, it has been so amazing to get to talk to you and to meet you and wish you all the success with Thank I Am you. a
2: Rainbow. And thanks for having me too. I, I, I really enjoyed this. Thank you.
1: This episode's transcript has been brought to you by our community on Patreon. If you'd like to read the conversation for yourself, head on over to the show notes page for this episode at com. We have links to absolutely everything that we've talked about in this episode. And thanks
0: so much to Mark for spending some time with us. I so much enjoyed the conversation and I love that his story is out there now for young people and really people of all ages should just go pick up this book. It's really such a delight.
1: All right. I think that'll do it for now. Coming up next Monday, we've got a special panel of YA authors telling us all about their newest books.
0: This is such an awesome panel. We've got Abdi Nazimian, Jason June, and Sonora Reyes. We got to chat with them just before they headed off on a mini book tour for pride month. We're gonna talk about their latest books and how these books are actually also a reflection of each of them. It's an amazing conversation that you're not gonna wanna miss.
1: If you've hung into the very end and are still listening, Jeff and I wanna personally thank you so much and hope that you'll join us again soon for more discussions about the kinds of stories we all love. The big gay fiction kind, of course. Until then, keep turning those pages and keep reading. Big Gay Fiction Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more shows you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Original theme music by Daryl Banner.